We're at that point in the year, Smarties. Despite the best intentions of our learners, we're at that exact moment where the wheels can start to come off the wagon. Learners are starting to feel fatigued, and they're pretty far removed emotionally from that wonderful, I can do this feeling at the beginning of a new semester. They're not exactly burnt out, but they are starting to feel tired from the stress of learning and studenting. Today, we're going to talk about late work. An alternate title for this episode was Why Late Work is the Devil, and that's exactly what we're going to discuss today. (laughs) For those of you who are listening later, we're releasing this episode in February of 2019. Even if you're not listening at the time that we're releasing episodes, no problem. This episode is critical in helping build awareness and helping you build strategies to avoid late work. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 41 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. This episode is really an episode that is a result of our years of experience. In episode 37, How Educational Therapy Works, we go through our framework and the journey clients go through when they work with us. In that episode, we describe three main phases of educational therapy, which are assessment, building, and competency. We've linked the episode in the show notes so you can go there really easily. The reason we bring up our framework in episode 37 is because we talk about how, in the early stages of ed therapy, we are putting out fires. As the learner progresses through educational therapy, we begin teaching fire prevention in the building phase, and then trees and forests regrow and are luscious in the competency phase. One of the biggest fires that we wish all learners would avoid is late work. It's incredibly common for this to be a huge issue for students who struggle with executive functioning, and it's very problematic. So I mentioned in the cold open, is it a cold open? I don't know. I don't think it is because I think a cold open actually doesn't have a theme song. I think that's what a cold open is. You just start the show. These are questions I don't have answers to. Okay. Well, in the opening, I talk about how we had an alternate title, and which is Why Late Work is the Devil. Yesterday, I was sitting in session with the student who inspired this episode. And I told him we were recording an episode about Why Late Work is the Devil, but we had two potential titles, and which did he like more? He picked the one thing we wish learners wouldn't do, but he definitely said that I should talk about the alternate <laughs> title in the episode. And there's another student I mean, this is something that comes up so consistently that I think both you and I in our brains could go back to many, many clients and say, this was a huge problem for those students, right? Oh, yes. Let's talk about Milkshake Girl. For all of you that remember, I was just going to say, like, this is her biggest problem. So let's remind our Smarties who Milkshake Girl is. So Milkshake Girl is a client that I have that literally our goal is to turn in her homework right remembering on time on time and getting full credit is it full credit or you want homework turned in whether or not it's done to her level of satisfaction right you want it turned in i would say in a normal situation yes but if she either does it or she doesn't so okay (laughs) she's all in or all out (laughs) there's a few assignments here and there where she probably could get better scores but right now i'm focusing on in or not okay and um (laughs) 
So she's definitely somebody that comes to mind immediately with this episode, basically. And mm-hmm. I'll share a little bit later in the episode something that we did regarding late work. But I just had to throw that in about Milkshake Girl because she is <laughs> top of mind when it comes to turning in homework. I hear you. So Steph and I actually Marco Polo all day long with some friends of ours. And Marco Polo is an app where you're essentially talking to camera and you can go back and respond to people, right? It kind of just lives there on your phone. Yeah, it's on your phone. Yeah. And so Steph started telling this story on Marco Polo and I immediately responded and said, save it for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the podcast. (laughs) It's so true. At the end, guys. So I will say that late work is a huge trigger for parents. Yes. It's a huge trigger for me personally as well, I've realized. Had a conversation with my husband last night about this episode. Uh And I said to him, you know, I never really, I don't think I ever turned an assignment in late as a student. I really don't. I think I had such intense fear of what would happen. Uh, I mean, I remember, I'm I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Steph, but I remember there being times in high school and I would wake up at like six in the morning, which was way earlier than I actually needed to be awake for school. And I was fortunate that I could roll out of bed at 730 and make it to school on time. But I remember there being times where I would wake up with like a jolt that I didn't complete something that I should have, even though I had a calendaring system. There are still failures, right? Mm -hmm. And I would get out of bed and I would either do the assignment or I would think through my day and think, oh, I can get it done in first period and it's due in third period. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I ever had a true missing assignment that I didn't know about. And I was talking to Adam about that and he goes, oh yeah, well, I definitely did senior year of high school and college, which I thought was a good point because in college... Not to make this episode all about me and me being a good student, but in college, Steph, have I ever told you the story about how I thought I didn't pass my last final? No. So my last semester, I had waited to fulfill a physical science requirement. Mm -hmm. And because I was very much a humanities student, I preferred reading and writing to hard science. Mm -hmm. And the class that I was taking was Intro to Oceans, which was at UC Berkeley. This is the class you take pass, no pass to fulfill this requirement. It's yeah. an easy pass. Yeah. Well, I just stopped going to the class at a certain point. <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking and looking back. And I remember it was the last final I took at UC Berkeley. And I walked out of the final. I called my dad and my dad said to me, congratulations, you just graduated. Because he thought, and yeah. so I go, dad, I'm not, I'm genuinely not sure if I passed. And he goes, how is that even possible? It's a pass, no pass class. And I go, well, I stopped going to class two months ago. (laughs) And it was like, he was just quiet on the phone. Sidebar, I passed the class, but it was like a huge victory because I genuinely didn't know if I knew enough to pass. But that to me, those are the two couple of stories that really stand out for me. Steph, did you have late work as a student? No, not really. There's, I mean, there's a few times I think where I forgot to do something, but teachers loved me. And so I usually, exactly. if something did happen, I was able to, you know, I might've gotten points off, but it was okay. You would charm your way out of it I a little bit? I would fully charm my way out of me it. Too. But it's only a yeah. couple, it was only a couple times. I remember the first time I forgot to do something though. I was in fifth grade and I frantically looked through my notebook looking for it because I thought I did it, but I didn't do it. And yeah. 
I remember being frantic and I was in tears about it. Yes. And my teacher was like, it's okay. Like, let it go. Do it tonight. You know, but it gave me a lot of anxiety and I did not want that feeling ever again, for sure. So, you know, there's a lot of kids that are driven by being anxious about not turning stuff in and whatnot. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids that, you know, when it's just too hard and it just it's not top of mind and it just and they don't have the systems in place. Yeah. Which brings us to how does late work happen? Yeah. How does it happen? So easily, really, honestly. <laughs> Everything kind of, it's like a car. Everything has to be working in synchronicity with each other. And if one thing is out of sorts, homework is the first thing to fall by the wayside and become a late assignment, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great analogy. Yeah. It's definitely, ah. yeah. It's definitely like that one thing breaks down, you're not going anywhere. And I also use the word synchronicity. Fancy. so one of the reasons late work happens is and I will say yes Steph and I were probably on the more uptight side of being a student right we really wanted to please and it was highly important to us emotionally but we do have compassion for how late work happens because like we talk about just one thing falls out of place and we have this result yeah it's hard to recover yeah that's one of the big points that we want our smarties to take away is late work is really hard to recover from. And we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. So students underestimate how long things will take. Always. They do the work and don't turn it in. So often. And one of our big mantras or one of the things that I have recently been saying in session a lot is homework is not complete until the teacher has graded it. Yeah. Right. That is the last part of homework, literally handing it into the teacher, but also receiving that grade because students will think, oh, I did the assignment and now I'm done with it. Taking no accountability for the fact that on their portal, it shows as not being completed. That requires action from the student, not from the teacher. There's a kid that I have that the teacher checks the homework every day, but then wants it turned in at the test. Uh Uh-huh all of it in order. And so that's like an extra step for her. And it's just, it's so much. So she has to do it, get it checked and then keep it for weeks. Yeah. And then turn it in. And this is a conversation that you and I have been having off the podcast about binder checks. Yes. Right. And this is a conversation that we have a lot about. We're not really sure. I mean, in this case, I think it's pretty clear the teacher just wants to manage her paper load, like her physical amount of papers that she has. Mm -hmm. And she wants the students to do all that sort of executive functioning for her. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have students that a binder check is simply because, quote unquote, in middle school, I'm thinking of a sixth grade, a couple of sixth grade students that I have, that the teacher insists on a binder check because in middle school they do it. And that's her reasoning. Let me tell you, that's not necessarily the case. So I'm not sure what skills we're teaching other than I mean, it sets a lot of students who struggle with executive functioning up for a real challenge. Oh, for sure. For sure. I had one student, I don't think I've ever told you about this. He had to do a science notebook and stuff. It was like a art notebook and they had to paste in every page. Welcome to the South Bay. Label the page. Mm -hmm. And put a table of contents. Table of contents. Mm -hmm. And I, every time we had to do it, I would lose my freaking mind. They all do it. I cannot, for the life of me, understand what we were teaching our kids with this project. 
What do you think the teacher is thinking on this one? I mean, I think that they might be even thinking that it's easier then because everything is all in one place and they can... Which we promote. That they can check it all very easily and they can study because it's all in one place. But the amount of steps that it takes to put it in something separate and cut it out and paste it and then remember to label the page, put it in the table of contents. And know where everything is because half the stuff is the physical sheet of paper. Half the stuff needs to be printed from offline. And then there's also, let me tell you the thing that irks me. And then students mislabel their Google Docs, so then you can't find and you're looking through everything. A lot of kids do it with the the composition notebooks and the piece of paper. That's Mm. how the teacher wants it. And the piece of paper is actually 8.5 by 11. So it doesn't fit in the composition notebooks because composition notebooks are smaller. Yeah. So then there's a bunch of pages that are haphazardly folded and you can't actually see what's on the page. So then you have to go to the page, open what is on the paper that's folded, and then close it up and keep going. It is honestly so hard for kids. And I don't blame them. And a lot of times in session, that's one of the things that we're doing is just catching up on what they did, what they haven't put in. Because they get so overwhelmed when they get behind that it's just... It's so hard to catch back up. And it's one of those things. It's like once you stop doing it, it's so hard to get back into the routine. And even if they had a legitimate reason, like they had to miss class or they had to run out. They're still responsible for those notes in the notebook that day, which I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with being responsible for the material that was taught in class. Absolutely. But the burden is on the student to let the teacher know. This is something that I would argue we mostly see in middle school and high school, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And at that point, and this is something we'll talk about, the burden is on the student to get that information. Yeah. And a lot of the time, students don't know that it's their responsibility to do that. Mm -hmm. I had a student recently who was telling me about how he was supposed to submit a Google Doc. He did. He had already had it shared with the teacher. Okay. Everybody else got feedback on the essay. Mm -hmm. It was an essay. Mm -hmm. And he didn't get feedback in the Google Doc. And he had a conversation with the teacher. Yeah. And she said she'd try to get to it. Because I asked what happened with this one particular grade. It was out of sorts. So he gives me this whole story. And it had been over a period of time where I wasn't seeing him. So I didn't know about it. It was over the two weeks I took off for the holiday Mm -hmm. for like end of year. And he goes, well, everybody else got feedback. I never got feedback. Okay. And how do you think I responded to that? I asked, how many weeks in between that conversation with the teacher and the final assignment being due were there? Two weeks. Okay. So two weeks of him waiting. Hoping that the teacher would get to it. Somehow would remember a casual conversation. Uh, Yeah, magically remember. And then so he lost out on time to revise and... To get her feedback, Yes. And he was very emotional and very upset and felt that he had been wronged. Yeah. I mean, and you know where I went with this, right? It was a learning moment. It was a learn. When I switched into private school, I was very, it was smaller classrooms and I was very afraid to speak to my teachers. Oh, he's not afraid. That's not an issue in this case. Okay. But what I explained to him was the burden of proof, so to speak. Of him. this converse, it was on him. Yeah. Because he is one of 70 students potentially that she has. She probably has more. And I said to him, Did you see her write it down? And he said, No, we talked about it. And I said, 
But what happens when you and I talk about something, (laughs) about something that you have to do or something that I have to do? Mm -hmm. What's the first thing I ask you to do? He goes, you always ask me to put it in my calendar. And I go, exactly. So he goes, so I was supposed to tell the teacher to put it in her calendar. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) I go, you know what? That's a fair point. That would have been uncomfortable. And not appropriate. And not appropriate. He was totally right. But I said, you know what I would have done? I would have said, would it be okay with you if I send you an email just to remind you? Exactly. And she would have said, yes, thank you so much for offering. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. And he would have gotten his needs met. Yeah. And he said, so I have to do the executive functioning. And I go, yes, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. You do the EF for everybody. And then he said, you know, I remember when we started, this is a student who remembers everything that I've ever said. And he may be coming on the podcast at one point, uh sneak peek. He said, you know, I remember you telling me that by the end of educational therapy, I was going to have the best executive functioning of everybody in my life. (laughs) And everybody was going to start to kind of depend on me. And he goes, and you know what? They are depending on me now. (laughs) He's so cute. I love it. Yeah. It was, it was a great moment for him to see how he could have taken action Mm -hmm. so that he could have had his needs met because he didn't see the big picture. And truthfully, in elementary school, this is a middle school client, but in elementary school, he wouldn't have usually had to have reminded the teacher. She only had, he or she would have only had much fewer students to manage, right? Right, right. And he would have had a relationship that was a little bit deeper because he was with that teacher much longer and all of that. So having the conversation. It's one of those things where I do see that with high school kids often. Like my teacher said they were going to do this. Well, right. you know, that's why email is the best way in a lot of cases to make sure that Document something... Document a conversation. Exactly. Absolutely. The other reason late work happens is students don't have a plan for it or they don't even know it existed. Oh, yeah. It's that 9 p.m. Oh, I have a science project due tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> right that's the worst they didn't even know they didn't you know maybe they were talking to a friend and they forgot to write it down last week and or the teacher said it on monday and they just oh i have plenty of time and then time just goes by i mean and there's something about that clock ticking to like 8 39 on a sunday night where suddenly oh they do remember yep right yep so, Steph, why are we devoting a whole episode to this? Why is it such a problem? It is. It really is a big problem. And I'm sure a lot of you that are driving or walking and running or whenever you're, li- however you're listening to the podcast, you're shaking your head. Yes, my student struggles with turning in their assignments. And it's a huge trigger for parents. It is. It's a vicious cycle. And like we said before, as soon as a student starts to get behind, it's hard to catch up. And your work is never done. They're double timing it. Yeah. So a lot of times, a lot of kids will just not want to put in the effort to get all the stuff in that is late. And then they have to also focus on the stuff that's coming up. That is a lot for their brain. Mm -hmm. Trying to stay in the pocket, so to speak, with the football, like, you know, where's the pocket of like, I've caught up on everything and I'm on top of what's coming up. So the student wants to be in that pocket all semester if possible. I just can't believe you're using a football analogy right now, but go for it. I'm here for it. (laughs) I don't know. That's what I was just thinking. Like, where is that zone of that's where you want to be? And it's almost Super Bowl. So maybe that's why. Yeah. 
this episode will come out after the Super Bowl. Oh, but just know we're recording it before. But yeah. <laughs> that's why it's a problem. It is so much executive functioning to stay on top of things past, present, and future. Yep. And if you think about it like that and what we're asking our students to do, it makes a little bit more sense. So just know that that's why it's such a problem. Let's talk about the solutions yeah. because I think when our Smarties hear how many different steps are involved with the solutions and then you combine it with the fact that they're trying to stay afloat with current assignments and not only not have this vicious cycle of I'm trying to catch up on another assignment so another now a brand new assignment is late, which is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And students will come in and say, well, you told me to finish this one. Yep. Yeah, but not to the exclusion of everything else that you have to do. You right. made your life harder by not staying afloat. And now you have to simultaneously catch up and stay on top of new assignments. So yep. it requires a ton of brain space. You have to connect with the teacher. To see if the teacher is even willing to let you submit the assignment late. Now, for a lot of our students, they have this as an accommodation. Mm -hmm. But usually the student needs to ask for the accommodation, meaning Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get it in on time. Can I please have some extended time? Which, by the way, should not happen 9 o'clock at night the night before it's due. Yeah. Students should know that in advance, that they're going to need more time. And we're asking students who struggle with executive functioning to take on an executive functioning project while managing all the other demands in their life. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. What are the steps? Because students think it's just, oh, I'll just turn it in. But it's actually not that simple. It really So isn't. what are the, so the steps? The first and foremost is you have to know it's missing. So this involves going into all the portals, checking everything everywhere on however many sites. Then putting that with whatever calendar or planner you have going on. Steph, do you check this with your students? Yes. I do too. If I know a student is prone to late work, every session when they're coming in and updating their calendar, we're going in and checking. Yes. So to make sure. For instance, I'll just use Milkshake Girl because I saw her last last night. And we go into her portal and her actually her portal is surprisingly up to date. And oh, the teachers great. are really good about putting homework and everything in. What program? RunWeb don't know that one okay you know there's so many so we go through her homework what's coming up and she needs to put that in her google calendar and then we go back and look at assignments in what's already been graded or assigned from the past and it's a different spot right so we have to go into several different places but i have her look at it first and then show it to me Ah, I like it. I've made a note that we're going to link How to Calendar, which is episode two. So you can hear a little bit more about our thoughts on the portals and what we're talking about in terms of their calendaring system. Great. Yeah, I like it. So there's that. They also have to communicate with the teacher. Can I turn in the late work? Sometimes they don't have everything they need to complete an assignment or they did it and they lost it. So they need it again. Or sometimes it's online but they don't have all the pieces or whatever They it don't is. have the explanation. Yeah, or like what they're supposed to do, exactly. Right. And then they'll text a friend, right? So then you have to remember to be on the friend to remind the friend to help you. Totally. 
the other burden of having to communicate with the teacher is that you have to write a socially appropriate note or email, and you have to know how the teacher wants to be communicated with. So some teachers only want to respond to things that are messages that are sent within the portal. Some teachers are totally fine with an email. Some schools only want students using the school email, not a personal email. These are all decisions and conversations that we have to have. And then for a client who's newer to the practice, who's not used to writing emails, you and I have to make sure that it's socially appropriate. Yes, I'm working on that currently with a student as we speak. So students often will write an email like a text message, and it's socially inappropriate. So we have to coach them up on being polite in an email. Having it be more formal, as we've talked about. So this student is missing school today on a Friday. And I saw him on Monday and I'm working with him on sending emails that are appropriate. And so he's in middle school and I said to his mother, this is now his time. He knows it's coming. And so now it's his job to actually tell his teachers to find out about work that he's going to miss so that he can make it up. Then assignments can be very involved and have so many steps to get things done. And that's really hard. A lot of the times, that's why students haven't done it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And that's fair. They don't know, like I always say, they don't know how to start or where to start. Mm -hmm. And then you have to plan out when you're going to be able to do it between other commitments and the homework and tests and everything that's going on currently and forward. So keeping track, like we've said before, keeping track of past, present, and future all at the same time is very complicated. Yes. Preach, Steph, preach. And then they have to complete it. And then they have to turn it in because it's not actually done until the teacher sees it and grades it and it's in there. Turning in the assignment is another opportunity, yet again, for an executive functioning project. Because even if the assignment was due through the portal, if you submit it through the portal, you do have to tell the teacher in a separate email, hey, go look at this right? Sometimes the teachers will say to the student, it says online to submit it online, but just hand it to me. So these are all things that students need to remember. And look at the amount of different conversations that have to be had with these late work assignments. Yeah. You know, actually to add, I was working with a student the other day. She's in fourth grade and she did a bunch of assignments and didn't hit submit. Oh, so she didn't really realize, I think. So now that's something it hasn't really been a problem up until this point, but now it seems to be a problem. So now when her parents ask her if she's completed something, she actually needs to show them that she submitted it until Mm. she can gain the trust back about it because it just completely slipped her mind or whatever happened. She just closed her computer right after it was done and she just out of sight, out of mind. It's very frustrating. So this is why it comes into an accountability buddy, whether it's working with us, you as a parent, one of their friends, sometimes their teachers are there to help, just depends on the situation in the school, but they need somebody to help hold them accountable. We teased in the beginning of the episode, Steph, that you had a story about Milkshake Girl that you were sharing it with us on Marco Polo because you were pretty pleased with yourself on this one. So... I want to make sure. Yeah, it was really impactful. Yeah, it was. It was a good idea. So here's what I did. So just to remind you, if you haven't been listening since the beginning of the episode, Milkshake Girl is a student whose entire goal right now with me 
is to get her homework in. Why is she called Milkshake Girl? She is called Milkshake Girl. And I actually told her this was her nickname last night in session. And she loved it. She thought it was hilarious. Yeah. We are working on every time she turns in her homework for a specified amount of time. We walk over in the middle of session to Jack the Box, which is literally across the street. And I get her a vanilla milkshake because she loves them. (laughs) Who doesn't? We started at four days, five days, six days. Now we're at seven days. Oh, you've increased. Okay. Yes. So seven days, which is next week, next Tuesday, we count it out. It's in my calendar. She's very aware. So this is why she's called Milkshake Girl. You know, there's been some discussion about whether she cares or not because she's very bright. It's that motivation. It's the motivation. And the milkshake is a motivator. But sometimes you lose sight of that. And I really wanted her to really understand. I think you say this too, but I constantly say to students, when you don't turn in homework, that's basically pass or not pass, right? It's not points for if you got it right or wrong. It's just, did you do it? It's like throwing money away because you are literally throwing free points away. It'd be one thing we can talk about if you're turning it in and you're getting a five out of 10 every time. Okay, that's one thing. But these assignments are just, did you do it or not? Mm-hmm. So it's throwing money away. So literally, the beginning of session, we had to talk about throwing money away. I took $40 out of my wallet, which I just happened to have in my wallet that day, which is surprising. I was just going to say, that's a lot of cash for you to have on hand. I know. I happened to have it. It was... Yeah. Was it smaller bills? No, it was 220s. Ugh. And... I handed it to her and I said, go throw it in the trash. And she looked at me (laughs) like, what? Is is this a joke? I have an open trash waste basket Mm -hmm. in my office. So it's not one that closes. So you can see what's in there. And I literally said to her, I was just sitting, I sat down at my, my chair and I said, I want you to go throw it away because this is what you do when you don't do your homework. And she looked at me like I was speaking a different language and Mm -hmm. she could not understand why I was having her do it. So I just said, yep, take it, go put it in the trash. She put it in the trash and she was sort of creeping along like, I I still don't understand why you're making me do this. She sat back down and I said, that is what you're doing. You are just throwing money away and we're just going to leave that there. You guys, I left the money in the trash can until she left. And she was so uncomfortable having $40 sitting in a trash can, knowing it was there. And it really bothered her. Now, obviously, she's a teenager and her remember that at this moment when she forgets to turn something in, that's here nor there. But in the moment, it was very impactful. You know, if that just crosses her brain at some point when she is thinking oh, about... Oh, she's never going to forget that. Yeah. And and that was the point. And you guys, I took a picture and we'll include it in, in the email this week. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so Smarties, working with an educational therapist can really help bring a student along in the process of putting out the fire of the late work, teaching them preventative skills so that late work doesn't happen. And then letting them live in the luscious forest of being on time with the assignments. Luscious forest. (laughs) The luscious forest. So if you have been a Smarty for a while, or even if you're new here, would you guys consider taking a moment and going and giving us a review? 
it really means a lot to us when we're sitting in our pajamas, which <laughs> I may or may not be in my pajamas currently, <laughs> but it really means a lot to us when we're taking the time to write these episodes and bring this content to you for those reviews to pop up. We read every single one and it would just mean a lot to us if you would take two minutes out of your day and do that for us. Yeah. Thanks, Smarties. We really appreciate it. If you're not on our email list, you can join us at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, especially if you want to be able to see the picture (laughs) that Steph took. We'll probably post it up on our Instagram as well, but I don't want to make promises. Yeah, fair. (laughs) We are not 100% sure we'll keep because we are recording this two or three weeks before this episode is going to come out. So Smarties, have a great week and we'll see you next week. See you next week.